0: The hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan on News Talk, and this is the hard shoulder. Kieran Cuddihy with you until seven o'clock, and I am delighted to welcome to studio John Kelleher, who is with me to remember uh, some of those who shuffled off their mortal coil in twenty twenty three. People deserving of a bit of attention now that we're in a retrospective mood. Uh, John um, and I uh, you know you kind of you poured through the the obituary pages over the last twelve months, and you've picked out four people you want to talk about.
1: I could have picked forty, yeah. Uh, to be honest, you know, and then there's people like Sinead O'Connor and and Shane, you know, more recent. Uh, but I just had I picked four. Um, okay, the f- Bar-
0: Barry Humphreys is the first one yeah, you want to he, talk about. He is
1: so sadly missed. I I I, I was looking at some YouTubes and I was looking at Parkinson. Um, shows that he appeared on, and God, he, is, he was so wonderful, so funny, outrageous, uh, and and always as. I think you could say a whiff of sulphur.
0: Yeah. You know. Um, people will be wondering, uh, you know, some people know exactly who we're talking about. Others are going, that name rings a bell. It's Dame Edna. Dame Edna. Dame yeah. Edna Everage. And also,
1: he had another character who was sort of a complimentary one,
0: <laughs> Sir Les
1: Patterson, Yeah. who was also a revolting character.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, very, very, very funny. Where he, he was a, an Aussie um, but tell us a bit about his background
1: he, he was born in in Melbourne and I think he briefly went to university uh, in Melbourne but wanted to be an actor and he um, he, he he also had a gift for comedy and uh, he tried out various um, one-man shows and created a whole you know plethora of, of of characters and then he came to London and tried there um, he, he he appeared at the at the Establishment Club in the early 60s, 1963, and he, 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 it was a flop and he described it as a
0: highly successful five-minute season. All right. Okay. So that is an inauspicious uh, start. What was it when he was doing this that he came up with the character of Dame Edna? Is that that where Dame Dame Edna was born? Okay.
1: she, She kind of evolved and, um, he, he he sort of changed her. She had been a kind of a sort of a dowdy character. He changed her into a flamboyant character. Um, like, as somebody said, smiling like a shark in a, a red <laughs> silk coat over a green dress. And um, that, he he, he he really started, it clicked then. He had a huge problem, though. He was alcoholic. He was drinking really heavily. Okay. As
0: emerged later. Um. So he was this was his fame still at this time kind of confined to Australia? Because, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm like yeah, I remember him on, on, on Parky and in other UK chat shows. When think, did he kind of become more famous in the rest of the Anglophone world?
1: I think he I think when he became when you when you would have seen him on Parky, he had become he had click he had absolutely cracked it. Um I mean he was over and back, you know, between Australia and and London trying to, to, to do it. Um and he, he as as he created the character uh and as it emerged tv picked him up you know okay. as, as as it does and i he, he, i think he was acclaimed uh by one critic as the greatest one man showman since charles dickens and p- perhaps in the history of theater
0: wow but well that's that is a, a fairly high praise indeed um did he ever make it in the us
1: uh not initially he he certainly didn't he did he did later on um he he um i think it was 20 years of trying before he made it in the in the in the states he got some terrible reviews um somebody said the litter on on 5th avenue is more appealing <laughs> right uh, but um he he did a couple of uh, american tours that were very successful he appeared in a he, it was in a an ali McBeal um comedy drama in in 2002 and um yeah he he just he was I think you would be fair to say beloved, which is not something no. you say about every uh, comedian.
0: He, he did have a few controversies, I yeah. guess. Like, like, like any good comedian, he'd find himself with a few controversies. He, he, he actually said, I defend to the ultimate my right to give deep and profound offence.
1: And yes, he did. He, he made a couple of remarks, for example, uh, very ill-advised about transgenderism. Um, he dismissed it as a fashion and that led actually to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival dropping his own name Barry from its major prize, which was called the Barry Award. Okay. Uh, but um, he, he, he he contemplated living in America rather than in the UK. But he said to live permanently, sorry, in Australia. Yeah. Uh, to live permanently in Australia is rather like going to a party and dancing all night with one's mother.
0: All <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> That is, uh, no, I mentioned that the, uh, the high praise he got, that is not high praise that he gave, uh, uh, for his own, uh, homeland. Uh, listen, he, he, I remember when he passed away earlier this year. I mean, there was no shortage of, of, people, uh, the great and the good uh, oh,
1: remembering him. King Charles, uh, yes. you know, gave a written statement uh, Rob Brydon said he was the best ever and Elton John said he was one of the funniest people in the world.
0: Yeah he certainly was very very funny and Dame Edna, that character w- was an absolute howl as well so Barry Humphreys uh, very very sadly missed uh, this year passed away aged 89 uh, didn't quite make it to 100 but our next individual did. Henry Kissinger. Very different, uh, Kettle of fish. S- uh, Slightly different. I'll give you that, John. I'll give you that. Uh, certainly yeah, a man. Maybe, maybe he dressed up as a woman in his spare time, John. <laughs> he, as been, an Australian housewife. He, you don't know and I don't know. I,
1: I don't, I don't. <laughs> uh, but he certainly made his mark on US foreign policy. He was unquestionably the um, the man who shaped post-war American politics. Uh, Post Cold War American history very powerful, very controversial. Um, he was both celebrated and reviled, mm. um, and his legacy still kind of remains in in relations in America's relations with various big power blocks, China, Russia, the Middle East. Um, he was born in in Germany. He was born in Bavaria, a Jewish family, and they luckily got out because he got beaten up a few times on his way to school but they emigrated in 1938. Okay. Um, he, he had, you know, he was an incredible diplomat with tireless energy and... Uh,
0: God, sorry, I know, I'm just doing maths here and people will be thinking, yeah, obviously, but I mean, he was 15 already at that stage. Right. When you think of what he lived through, what he saw... Yeah. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, each decade, you know, brought so many,
1: like, you know, the Second World War. He was, he was an serious, adult. An adult when yeah. it ended. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he, 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 his imprint is across so many aspects. We actually interviewed him uh, on a program I was producing Twenty years ago,
0: with Mm. David McWilliams, we interviewed him in Cork. He was he was visiting it. This is in later life, but during his John, do you know what Uh, I was in college in UCC around then, and he was meant to speak at an event in the library and there was and protests. There was demo. That's yes. right, that's right. And I bet it was when you were over, when it, you were, I'm sure, I, he, he was hardly in Cork twice on two separate it, occasions no, was, years right. ago. That
1: was it. Yeah. Yes. I remember you, were you in short pants? Ah, oh, I was in short pants <laughs> with the rest of the
0: lefty students waving our
1: flags, you know. But he was formidable in his heyday yeah, for good and bad reasons. Like he was responsible for the bombing the horrific bombing of Cambodia, which was kept secret for four years, but mm. 700,000 people died um, and two million were displaced. But he was the architect of American detente with the Soviet Union. Um, he was the orchestrator with Nixon of, of Washington's opening to communist uh, China. He ran the secret diplomacy mm. 1971, which led to Nixon's visit to China, which was a major uh, development at, at that at that time,
0: and so many more so uh, I mean, is it possible then, given that um that contrast in his legacy, like all of those dead in Southeast Asia, and then those efforts for kind of peace and detente uh, between east and west to to kind of pin down what the bedrock of his policies were, or to define yeah, them
1: yeah i think I think it is I think the bedrock was basically defending American interests to the hilt, no matter what. He Mm. was absolutely kind of passionate about that. Um, He was involved in the overthrow, for example, of of Salvador Allende in Chile in 1973, the same year that he got the Nobel Peace Prize, if you think about it. We
0: actually have a clip of Henry Kissinger learning, when he learned he was awarded that Nobel Peace Prize in 1973.
1: But beyond all these immediate crises... Perhaps the most important goal any administration can set itself is to work for a world in which the award will become irrelevant because peace will have become so normal and so much taken for granted that no awards for it will have to be given.
0: That was uh, Henry Kissinger on receiving the uh, Nobel Peace Prize in 1973, he passed away this year at the age of 100. Uh, again, I mean, there was contrast between Barry Humphreys and, and Henry Kissinger. There is contrast between Henry Kissinger and the next woman you want to talk about. I'm glad to say. And, uh, <laughs> Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see her live? I never saw her live, John, no. I saw her live twice. I saw and what her, was it like?
1: Oh, f- Both times, fantastic. I mean, there was a, a, an interval of maybe uh, 25 years in between. But she was, she was amazing. I saw her at the RDS back in 1987 and I saw her in the Point Depot as it was then in in 2009. I think she was fantastic. You know, her, she, she was like totally dynamic, uh, explosive on stage, if you like, magnetic, Um, just a fantastic live performer. And of course she had some great songs.
0: Yeah, she did.
1: Where did she get her start? She got her start. Uh, she came from Tennessee, uh, uh near Brownsville in Tennessee, near Memphis, actually, born in nineteen thirty nine, and she she um she met up with and was a kind of backing singer for Ike Turner mm. and they um became a, 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 a duo. They opened, in fact, for the Stones in the UK in nineteen sixty six and in America in nineteen sixty nine. And um uh they they um she had some really intense personal struggles uh because he was a well, he was, he was violent a, yeah pretty yeah. wretched character, Absolutely. wasn't he? Absolutely. He was addicted to cocaine and it was a very turbulent marriage and uh he was abusive. Um and after fourteen years, like in nineteen seventy six, she broke free. She escaped from the marriage, literally walking out and she had 35 cents in her pocket. That was it.
0: Wow. And her career kind of faltered for a while yes, after did. that. Yeah, yes, it did. Yeah, yeah she,
1: there was a period where, where things weren't kind of happening. Uh, but then, 1984, Private Dancer. Mm. And that was like a sensation. Um, it sold five million and she had, like, th- on that album, she had three massive hits the title track, Private Dance, which I yeah. think was written by Mark Knopfler. Okay. Star Straits. And um, What's Love Got to Do with It? Yes. Uh, and then also Better Be Good to Me. So those three. And she got, at the Grammy Awards, uh, she got uh, three awards. Um, okay. Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance of the Year. And she also got best female rock vocal performance for "Better Be Good to Me."
0: Uh, I I remember
1: her from Mad
0: Max. Oh yeah, she, she was, was in uh, Beyond 30. Thunderdome. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that it? Yeah, yeah. And she,
1: and she did that. You know, uh, we don't need another hero. You know, or is that it? Is that the title?
0: We don't need. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, Apologies she, to everybody there at home, <laughs> along, <laughs> at home. You, you've got the moves. Yeah, <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, she, she, she left, uh, bravely kind of got out of that marriage uh, with I like Turner. She had 35 cents in, in her uh, pocket. Uh, she ended up making an awful lot more than that. When she, she was in the Guinness Book of Records at one stage as right. yeah, the most successful solo yeah. female artist.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she appeared in, in one uh, concert she gave 180,000 people. It was in somewhere in Brazil. Wow. Yeah, 180,000 a live concert. Um, fantastic.
0: I mean, if she was selling tickets at Irish ticket prices for that, she, <laughs> she could have retired early. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tina Turner, who also uh, passed away this year, aged 83. We have one more from your list of four, John, and we will get to it after the news headlines with Eamon.
1: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.
0: thank you very, very much. John Kelleher is still with me before the break. He was remembering some of those who have passed away in 2023 His Mount Rushmore. The four faces on his Mount Rushmore. Three of them we know, Barry Humphreys, Henry Kissinger and Tina Turner. John, who is the fourth face you are carving into the hill? Well, it's a face
1: that deserves to be carved. He was a pretty formidable and interesting man in, in contemporary Ireland. Uh, recent contemporary islander, Ben Dunn. passed away, age seventy four this year. Yeah, uh, died in Dubai, and he, you know, as we know, he played a leading role. His father, Ben Ben Senior, founded uh, the Dunn Stores uh, grocery empire, but Ben kind of grew it, if you like, and um, he became one of Ireland's best known businessmen at a relatively young age, like mm. in his in his in his thirties. Um, but as we know, he was ousted from Dun Stores after the uh, after it emerged that the payments he'd made on behalf of Dun Stores to senior politicians Charles J. Hoy and Michael
0: Lowry. But uh, had that never happened, he, he already had a remarkable kind of experience. He was kidnapped by the IRA. He was kidnapped by the IRA at, in his early thirties, um,
1: and uh, in 1981. Uh, he was on his way to visit uh, a, a company store in Newry. Um, I think he was about a, a week in captivity he was released a week a week later in South Armagh and the reports at the time suggested that a, a, a ransom of one and a half million had been paid and that that was arranged, the rumour went by Charles Hawhey who apparently had asked a well-known businessman at the time, Patrick Gallagher to uh, contribute and possibly mm. be involved in the uh, arrangements,
0: and then how oh, he was central to his ousting as well. Oh, totally from donors. A- a- a-
1: absolutely, absolutely, um, be- because um, it, 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 it emerged a, in a Price Waterhouse report and in legal documents that um, he had given this money to. Both
0: Hockey and Michael Larry. But what precipitated all of that was this uh, incident. In, was it Florida, Florida? Cocaine. Yeah, 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 Miami. I think. Yeah.
1: He he. It was. Cocaine I, and I remember girls. it well. It was an extraordinary uh, event. I mean, he he was um, uh, he, he was arrested effectively for cocaine possession and for soliciting uh, while he was on a golfing holiday. And it was a huge national scandal at the at at the time. And it led to his departure from, from Dunn stores. He he was ousted and his sister Margaret Heffernan, formidable woman, she took over. Um
0: in Orlando, Florida.
1: Orlando, oh Orlando, you're right, Florida. not Miami.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm just so wise, I'm yeah, so no, wise. You're dead right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have it's somebody else accurate. here in studio who you, passed it. me the information, I won't introduce him have, uh, for another moment. You have a reputation for accuracy. Um, so I mean, uh, right, again, um, uh, kind of, he would have had a remarkable um, story to tell had he kind of faded into obscurity at that point. But oh, totally. he kind of reinvented himself again and again. Amazing. Absolutely. I mean,
1: you know, it must have been pretty, he got a hundred million as a kind of a settlement when he was ousted, if you like. It's, it's, um, it's
0: not hard to reinvent yourself when you get hundred million quid. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: well, he went into, as you. we know, he went into um, the sports uh, uh, arena in a sense, or the fitness arena. He set up uh, the, the gyms. Mm. And he built up a, you know, a hugely successful business, which again I think was massively affected by COVID. Um, but again, he 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 dealt with that.
0: You know, he he um, he he came through it. He came through it, and I think he shrank the business, but it returned to profit exactly, uh, shortly yeah. thereafter. So yeah. he still he still had a touch. He still had the Midas touch uh, when it came to business. Uh, before passing away earlier this year, age seventy four, uh, Bend on the final face. On John Gallagher's Mount Rushmore. John, uh, thank you very, very much. Happy Christmas. And the same to you. Yeah, great to see you. And thank you for uh, coming into us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.